Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're listening to music, the artist has an intent when they're writing it. But when you're like interpreting it as a listener, you kind of assign your own interpretation and it can be just as valuable, even though it's completely different. Being able to express myself in a way that I thought I never could and kind of was uncomfortable doing by myself is something that will eventually lead to discovering more about myself. That's why I love music, man. It's something that lasts forever and it's never long enough, whether you're playing it or listening to it. Hey everybody, what's up, what's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David, I'll be your host and lovely guide. Well, it's finally here, folks. The nominations for the 64th Annual Grammy Awards have been released. In anticipation for music's biggest night, We decided to tell you everything that you need to know about this year's massive class of diverse nominees. Okay, it's award season. The best kind of award season, you could say. Oh, it really is. (laughs) Right? Yeah. We're talking about the Grammys. It's my favorite award show. (laughs) Yes, it's it's music's biggest night. You can't go wrong. The Grammys are just so, so prestigious. The Grammys can go wrong. I stand corrected. But you know what? They've really come a long way in a lot of aspects. But as with all like Grammy nominations every year, there's always surprises. There's always snubs. There's always critiques. There's everything. So we're going to break that down for you. Me and my lovely guest, Andrea, who is literally my pop culture queen, I call her. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the biggest compliment. Thanks for having me on, David. This Aww, is so fun. Of course. I love, I love having talking about you. the Grammys. Oh my god. I like hate award shows because it's like like it's such it's <laughs> such BS. Like it's so fake. It's drama. But I love it. I I don't am I the drama? <laughs> you know what's I think I'm the drama. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> drama. <laughs> it's no, so true. I, I love the Grammys. Ever since I was a kid, like this sounds so ridiculous, but like my biggest bucket list item is to win a Grammy. I don't know when or where I would do that, but um, it's on my list. Yeah, but I'll figure it out one day. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) someday, someday for sure. We'll manifest. Well, it's just it's it's like the highest award in Mm -hmm. music in my eyes. I don't know. I don't know, but it's also stupid because it's an award show. It's very. It is very (laughs) like double sided. Yeah, because it's like there are so many people that I was just talking about this earlier. So many artists that don't have Grammys, people that have been nominated, people that haven't been nominated, like. And I think it's just, like I said, the Grammys really have tried 
to address those concerns in one way or another. And like the biggest thing with this year's or one of the biggest things we should say this year's nominations was about is that they got rid of these like secret committees that were like, I don't I don't really know how the best way to describe it. Maybe you have a better way, Andrea. But it was kind of like these committees almost they were like subcommittees. So it was kind of like they were critiquing the work outside of like other like their peers or something like that and like their respected genres at least that's how I understood it I guess I didn't really understand because wait the, the like academy votes mm-hmm. and then that what's it called those people those subgroups yeah decide if like that's correct like yeah. what the majority voted on yeah, it was something that I was remember. my understanding, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it was complicated. Sketch. It was sketchy. Yeah, I was glad that they did away with it because it's like let's just focus on the music and focus on the nominations and the nominees mm-hmm. and like what they're doing. And I think that's what they're really trying to do is like better represent each artist in their respected categories and genres. Yeah. Um, but, but but the other change. Yes, mm. big the other big big change. <laughs> <laughs> So the other Tell the viewers just to, at home. Yes. This in case you haven't heard, the Recording Academy decided to expand the number of nominees in the general categories. And those are things like album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, best new the artist, like all those really, yeah. really big ones that they save to the end, you know, like <laughs> for people to stay on and get the numbers. <laughs> and they expanded Me, it from to stay up screaming. Yep. <laughs> And last year it was eight and this year it's 10, which when I initially, I first heard that, I was like, that's huge, literally and figuratively. Like that is huge, but also like giving it like a week or two to marinate on. I was like, is it really necessary? Well, uh, why? Like why? what was the thought process behind that? I need to know. I just don't get it. Because you're just giving, if it is such a prestigious award, even to be nominated, you know, that's like a huge accomplishment. Why are they giving more chances? I don't understand it. And then if you look, I hope we do a little dive into album of the year category, because Mm -hmm. that's amazing that there's a lot of drama in that one category, but there's 10 different directions that could go in. Mm -hmm. I personally feel like eight is already a lot. Mm-hmm. to increase it to 10 that's that's like i really don't know who it's gonna go to and i, I don't remember know who I like it to go to but. i think it used to be like five or six too right like they yeah, really th- like why do they keep increasing it yeah like i said i think the ceo was saying a lot about how they want to show like the breadth and the depth of music how it's like become bigger over the past year or two but yeah i don't know if i don't know if expanding the number of nominees really essentially does that like you have a good point where it's like it kind of takes away the credibility and the prestige of the award i don't know what's up with that what's up with that what's his name i'm called the ceo (laughs) i need i demand answers demand andrew and astrid demands answers (laughs) um i'm the biggest fan of the grammys i need to know they need to service their fans clearly we're giving them all the numbers okay we're gonna take a dive into some of these categories like we mentioned in this little format that i just came up with probably the same day that the nominations came out and i texted andrea so she knows that i'm that i came up with this game and we're going to play this little thing that I came up with called Shocked or Not, where we're going to talk about the different categories. Basically, like I'll bring up a category or something specific that I want to reference, Andrea, and I'm just going to ask you like, shocked or not? Like, was this amazing? Was it game. not? So like we already covered the general categories thing. I think we can agree. Yeah. 
it's kind of shocking and i think we'll kind of start with what you wanted to say like album of the year like what not shocked yeah who are you like you think all the categories or all the nominees there were pretty applicable oh david i just need to get this off my chest (laughs) sour by olivia rodrigo is the album of the year and for those of you who don't know me i am the biggest taylor swift fan i mean the biggest and she's also in that category no i want sour to win that is such a good album. It's her debut album. She has seven, Olivia Rodrigo, we're talking about. Yep. She has seven nominations as a new artist. She's up One of the for top all four too. major yep. categories. I have goosebumps. That album, <laughs> that album is so good, top to bottom. It is mm-hmm. perfection. I think she deserves it. Mm-hmm. I feel very strongly about this. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. And a lot of people do. Like she I, has an army behind her. It's me. I'm the army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tweeted something the night before the Grammy noms. I was like, I'm praying to the gods because they would have seen me outside the Grammy building, wherever mm-hmm. that is, with my sign. Sour <laughs> deserves a Grammy. Um, <laughs> it better win a Grammy. Uh, or else yeah I just think she's such a pop culture phenomenon but I you know I don't know I don't see her getting all four because Billie Eilish just did that a couple years ago so I I was shocked she got artist record song and album nominations I mean that's Ooh. that's big were you shocked or not by Billie Eilish being on there so much too because she no. and Olivia are tied oh you weren't <laughs> The Grammys love Billy. Mm-hmm. I love Billy too. Yeah, I'm not obsessed with her, but I love her. That's I something her. I thought of too because we we did a segment on Billy's mm-hmm. album "Happier Than Ever." So I was I was really really excited when I saw "Happier Than Ever" nominated for album of the year. Even the song itself was nominated. I think for record of the year. I was ecstatic. I'm very very happy for Billy. I think she also deserves it. But they're both young artists, up and coming artists, so. Mm-hmm. not that they need to pick one or the other i think they can both win oh my but... god you have no idea like i literally i wrote about this in my blog too like i love that it's so many young women specifically those two because mm. they're in a very similar sector they're not like exactly the same type of style but they're pretty mm. close you know they're both pop ish yeah. yeah and they're not like people aren't really like at least from my perspective aren't like pitting them against each other yeah you know like i think they're letting that's what them i was against. saying like you should yeah yeah like so, let Olivia have her moment. Yeah. But I Billy just, made history recently is what I'm saying. Yes, yes, know? yes, yes. And we're just, we're happy for all of them. Just say the yeah. <laughs> go, You go girls, you go. Well, I was shocked because I love Taylor Swift, but Lady Gaga is also nom- yeah. nominated quite a bit. And yeah. she's one of my other girlies that I'm obsessed with. So mm-hmm. I was really happy to see that with Tony Bennett, her album. Mm-hmm. Good for them. We love those I, Italians, right, David? <laughs> what gave it away? <laughs> we really do. <laughs> we really, really do. In case you didn't know, we both have that in our DNA. So got to represent. I want to know, too, I just think this is a really, really important thing to mention. Shocked or not, Lil Nas's Montero Call Me By Your Name being nominated for Video of the Year. I'm not shocked. You're not? That deserves Ooh. a nom, in my opinion. But... <laughs> I am livid that Industry Baby is not nominated. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, so. he had a huge year with that album and both of those songs really took mm-hmm. off. But Call Me By Your Name, mm, <laughs> that got people talking. That's why I wanted to ask because I'm like, 
it was such a and he's known for pushing the envelope he's done it before but that video and the song like really did cause some kind of stir so I was like I was a little bit shocked I want to say actually that it was nominated for video of the year but at the same time I was like this also makes sense this makes sense yeah it makes sense (laughs) I'm happy for him It's a very, it was a cinematographic, cinematographic, I forgot the word, cinematographic, cinematic, cinematic, that's it. (laughs) Oh, there we go. Yeah. Just completely over. Cinematography. Yes. But that's not the right word. Yeah. Like, please forgive me, all of my English colleagues. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Another one too on my list. This album was also, I believe, in the album of the year category. Planet Her by Doja Cat was also nominated in the pop category were you shocked by that mm. at all i'm not a big doja cat fan okay. i know you are it's not offending i do you. like doja yeah <laughs> um but i feel like she's pop is she not i think her music is engineered that way but it's a lot of mm-hmm. like she is still a rapper you know yeah. and like the album itself is definitely very pop leaning but like mm-hmm. i was kind of shocked that she was nominated and i'll bring this up to you with another one i want to mention Because, like, she is, like, I think she does talk a lot, and I did a review on that album as well earlier in the year, about, like, singing and making it more of, like, R&B influences as well. But there is still a lot of, like, hip-hop on there. So I was just kind of surprised she wasn't mentioned in any of, like, the hip-hop categories, really. Mm. And the way I want to contradict this is because Peaches by Justin Bieber was nominated in the R&B category. It was also nominated in record song of the year like all these other areas that I personally was like that doesn't need to be there I'm shocked that it's nominated this many times so I was like how come he's nominated in R&B but someone like Doja is not nominated in like hip-hop you know what I'm saying like do you think that's too far but like it's kind of how I see it I think like what's a genre these days (laughs) you know like no like seriously like who that's fair who is defining that the artist you know, so I guess what did he submit it for? You know, because mm, maybe true. she submitted it as pop. But uh, ugh, I hate mm. to bring this up in all caps in my notes on my phone <laughs> for this. I wrote, Why the freak does the Grammys love Justin Bieber so much? Why? Okay, I am biased. I do not like Justin Bieber. I was a little believer girly one time. And then, no, 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 no. I do not, I do not like his attitude, okay? Mm. And I know he's been through it. He's a celebrity. Mm. But I think his music sounds so auto-tuned. So, I like, agree. when it comes on the radio, I'm like, what is this? Like, It's his voice for me. I can't do it. I'm hating. That was kind of mean. I can't do it, David. It's I just, can't. I, I don't <laughs> think he's not not talented. I think he is talented. I think he can sing. Yeah. I think he has Yeah, I, you know, I think that's a good, good chops, point. You know, yeah. but um, I don't understand why the song Peaches was nominated so much. And even the album Justice was nominated, I think, for album of the year as well. I literally saw that and was like, he had an album? <laughs> I also did a review on that one. So I was like, I know knowing like the nuances and knowing the context and knowing the work deeper it's like yeah like I mean I could see it but I think there are are so many other albums that came out this year that also could have taken that spot so I was I was a little shocked that he was among the list of other people on that list you know especially like we just mentioned 
the Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga CD or album like oh shocking to me <laughs> and um well were you shocked about John Batiste having the most nominations yeah yeah me too but good for him exactly exactly like that's something else I wrote about in my blog is like I don't think anyone would have expected somebody from he's predominantly like jazz I think he's mm-hmm. kind of dipped his toes in a lot of different areas yeah. like he has nominations in soundtrack his nominations in roots he has nominations in r&b like i think that's heckin cool that like somebody like that walked away with the that's, most nominees yeah that's pure talent i think <laughs> it would be shocking if he didn't walk away with a win you know what i mean that'd be a huge yeah. snub yeah speaking of snubs were there any that stood out to you besides like we haven't really touched on those yet but i have two on my list and i want to see if you bring them up because there were t- there were two that were pretty pretty big i will say I don't know if you caught them. Snubbed. Well, as a Swifty, it was very surprising that she's only nominated for one category, but it's also the biggest category. And they didn't really push that album that much. So it is kind of impressive. And it's equally shocking and not shocking. We're talking about Evermore, yeah. Um, yeah, who got who got snubbed, do you think, <laughs> in your opinion? I bet I'll agree. So I don't know if I necessarily agree or disagree. But MGK, Machine Gun Kelly, was really, really upset that he did not get nominated for any of the rock categories because, you know, his whole thing has been reinventing his sound and kind of going to rock music. I don't follow him. I don't really listen to his stuff that closely. I wasn't, like, necessarily shocked. But, like, seeing his reaction, I was like, oh, damn, maybe, maybe he does deserve it. I don't know how much you know about him or follow him. I don't follow him that much. I like know, you know, of him. Mm-hmm. I just saw him with Miley Cyrus. Duh. Yeah, that's well, that's she's that's the Machine other Gun one. Kelly, right? That's <laughs> that's your other. That's my other one, actually. Uh, yeah, Plastic Hearts was during that nomination period. I love Miley, but I gotta be honest, I like half the album. So, and she doesn't really have a history with the Grammys. She's never won. She's been nominated. Yeah. But I'd love to see her on that stage. All right. This is Miley, come thing. on this podcast. <laughs> I would love to have Miley on. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> no, so I have I have one last one on my notes, and then I'll turn it over to your notes if you have anything we missed. Someone that like we've talked about exclusively, actually, mostly off the podcast, I think. Mickey Guyton walked away with three nominations for so I was trying to memorize them. Best country album, best country solo performance, best country song. I like you're the country girl. You follow yeah. them. Mm-hmm. I was I was happy for her, but was it surprising? Was it shocking or not? Well, I don't know. I feel like Mickey is still up and coming. She hasn't like hit her peak stardom mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I really love that album. I think it's just like beautiful. That's like the best word. To describe it and I think she's very worthy of it mm-hmm. I think she definitely is a trailblazer in the country music genre mm-hmm. and I think I love that and support her I think she's awesome I love Mickey Guyton so I was really happy for those nominations I think she deserves them and wow look at look at her go like she's <laughs> like I said still an up-and-coming artist Mm-hmm. she was definitely established like people definitely know of her yeah but um she's not as like mainstream yet yeah. yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> so to have those noms is like incredible 
it's very it's career defining it's like yeah. you said she's still up and coming but that really that puts you on the map and yeah you know i i could still not stop raving about her performance at last year's grammys like i said i think she deserves all of the notoriety she's getting yeah i mean her voice is like unreal that is unreal she can sing Mm, she can sing Mm. is what they say she can sing while we're on country music jimmy allen who's a country artist is nominated in best new artist Mm-hmm. And that is really exciting to me. I love Jimmy Allen. <laughs> I would say I don't follow country music like you do, but yeah, that's yeah, another. I was really pumped about that. I, I went yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's another category. Best new artist. I'm glad you brought this up. Actually, best new artist is one of those categories I always like have a love hate relationship with yeah, because they no, always, always, always stick people that have been around for well yeah it's like time. jimmy allen's been around right like new. <laughs> phineas is in there saweetie's in phineas there is not like, new. it's just not new <laughs> the only so in my opinion the locals <laughs> in my opinion and i'm prefacing this but you also get a great reaction from andrea in about five seconds in my opinion the person in that category that i think deserves to be in there and also deserves to win is a hundred percent olivia rodrigo a hundred percent snaps to that (laughs) yes because think about it what's the period to submit it's like october through september to september she came on the scene in january and has broken how many records so many (laughs) since you know january Mm -hmm. and that's what she does in those couple months think of the years ahead i mean Mm -hmm. not saying the other people in the category aren't worthy but Mm -hmm. she is a new artist yes yes in the in the grammy timeline so give her the give her the award that's my (laughs) mic drop on that i'm just like no one should be in that category that has at least two albums out like it's just not a thing Mm, yeah no i agree with you david (laughs) i really do i'm glad i knew you for that i knew i am shook it should have been shook or not shook shook or not shook we'll do that next time that'll be the next shook it or not shook it i love it were there any um any other things that you wanted to bring up those are the big ones i wanted to mention i don't know but i saw her has 21 total grammy nominations in her career they posted on instagram i just happened to see it i was like wow that's a lot Mm -hmm. for her Mm-hmm. very talented love her i love but her. i was shocked because i i'm not really a, i'm not obsessed with her i like her a lot but mm-hmm. um to hear 21 that's a lot and that's not yeah. even as much as like billy eilish has you know so i love her i'm r&b is you know my territory mm-hmm. and i was very very excited for her and she just continuously puts out music that is always recognized by the grammys and i just i love that she's getting that kind of notoriety as well because i think she also deserves it i yeah i feel like she is mainstream but is like very traditionally taught music and that's what makes her so cool in my opinion Mm -hmm. um let me see what else is on my little (laughs) list maybe someone can like comment below something silk sonic oh yeah that's another one obsessed with them I don't know let me know (laughs) (laughs) I think like because they just embody like a very old soul like classic R&B genre like Mm -hmm. 70s style that's why they've caught a lot of attention so I I don't think I was necessarily shocked that they walked away with like I think they have like three nominations in total something like Mm -hmm. that but I thought it was 
I thought it was a really, really good call that leave the door open is on for record of the year. Cause I was like, that's, that's a good one to me. Yeah. I mean, people love it. People are obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. It was all so, over TikTok. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, yeah. And that's maybe a thing we can talk about is like, I think TikTok really influenced a lot of music this year. Obviously mm-hmm. we didn't really have it that much in years past. And I think even song on the radio or in a grocery store, you'll be like, oh, I know this song from TikTok. I don't know the name of it, but I know it from TikTok. Right. That's really cool. It's really cool to see the impact. It'll be interesting how long that lasts too. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah. Much to come. Much to come. <laughs> exactly. So can I ask you who you think is going to win album of the year? Oh boy. Run through the nominees again. I need to hear them one more time. Because there's 10. But I'm sorry, right. there's a million. I was like, there's, there's no a, way I'm going to remember million. them now. <laughs> All right, David. Who do you think is going to win album of the year at the Grammys? Oh, John Batiste, mm. Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, <laughs> Doja Cat, Billie Eilish, her. She's nominated for album That's of the right. year. That's right. Yep. Lil Nas X, Drew Rodrigo, Taylor Swift, or Kanye West. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a whole other one too. That's like, you know, a big a big deal that Connie's nominated. He gets nominated almost every year. Like he's he's a powerhouse in the academy too. Like they love him. Um, <sighs> so bizarre to me, but yeah, I I'm mean, not in the academy. <laughs> nope. I think um for the record too, like I have I've probably listened to honestly half of those albums. I haven't listened to all of them. Yeah, same. Um, I, I'm not listening to Justin Bieber's album. I would say I don't think Justin Bieber. <laughs> albums i don't think that one's like award worthy i think so the first one that popped into my head and i might be slightly biased i think i know what you're gonna say because i like i mentioned did a review i think i could see it being happier than ever by billy eilish i knew you were gonna say <laughs> that i knew it i knew it yeah a little predictable well the grammys really like her i think her chances are good i if think not, it's a good album if not album I think she could easily get anything else that she's nominated in. But I think that album sonically and just conceptually is done extremely well. I think like my next option, like the next one I would say has a good chance would be Taylor Swift. I think she has a really, really good chance too. Mm, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying this to please her everybody. Just so you know, this is all my un unpronounced or unprompted mm-hmm. response i could guarantee that she's not twisting my hand under the table <laughs> well you want to know a swifty's perspective on things mm, what, yes. so when do they vote do you know the final voting period is like end of december beginning of okay. january yeah let me break it down for you <laughs> uh i don't know if you know this david but taylor swift did this thing called the long pond studio sessions where mm-hmm. her and her two producers went to this like cabin in the woods they recorded and sang every single song on folklore and fans myself included were very upset because there wasn't a long pond studio session for evermore Mm. hello sister album give it to me i love evermore (laughs) is my third favorite taylor swift album anyways i think so the year anniversary of it coming out is december 11th i think they're gonna release a long pond studio session of evermore to get more talk about it while the voting is happening Hmm. that's my theory i'm sticking to it it would only make sense and it would only make the fans me 
happy. <laughs> yeah, it was like Here a special go. on Disney Plus. It's like a whole movie you can sit down and watch. Oh yeah. Who wouldn't want that? Mm. So we'll see. I I'm always wrong about Taylor Swift stuff though. <laughs> it's shocking because I'm such a big fan. I'm always wrong. So maybe me saying that will make it not happen. <laughs> you never know. You never yeah. know. So are you are you still standing by for album of the year? You think it's Olivia? Yeah. Or Tay Tay. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think any of the other ones. Ugh, maybe I'm being biased. I'm being biased. But uh, I could also see it going to Lil Nas X. Mm-hmm. Just because he, there's so too. much talk about him. Mm-hmm. I think that's like really the key. It's like you need the perfect amount of like being talked about and having talent and mm-hmm. having your music be good. You that's need a, why it can't be one or the other. I like that you brought up that releasing of those tapes by Taylor's team because I think that could really influence a vote. You know, like you said, the timeliness of it too could mm-hmm. really, really have an impact. Yeah. I mean, not that I want this podcast to be all about Taylor Swift, but the, the, her team is very, they got it all planned out months yeah. in advance. Like right. they, they know what they're doing. She knows what she's, she's very clever with marketing and stuff though. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I, as a fan want it to go to Olivia. And I also think she's always being talked about. She's certainly talented. Why doesn't she deserve it? Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't win album of the year, you will hear me screaming from wherever you are in the universe. You will hear my scream. <laughs> she it'll does be not very, care. I can't it'll be very high the universe. <laughs> Yeah. No, she's because she's going to get it. So you won't hear me. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. The way I said it in my blog post was whether you like the changes or not this year, it's going to be a very, very big night. It's already the biggest night in music, but mm. it's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be historical to say the least yeah january 31st can't come soon enough mark your calendars people it's gonna be oh my god can i throw a party this year you can yeah i couldn't do that last year oh my god you're invited if you're listening to this podcast dm me (laughs) let her know (laughs) no you're invited too yeah bring a snack (laughs) (laughs) entry fee entry fee andrea thank you thanks for letting me nerd out i love this stuff I love, I love, I love, love, love having my pop culture queen on. We're talking about anything and everything. And like we said, the Grammys, they're coming. So lock in those votes now, lock in those predictions, put some money on things. Mm. It's going to be interesting. Yep. It's going to be. Come to Andrea's. Ah, I'm so excited. Yeah, <laughs> come, come to Andrea's. Just, yeah, just bring a snack. Like I said, I'm very excited. It's soon. Because you think about it, David, it's going to be Christmas before you know it. And then what a week passes and it's New Year's that goes by so fast every year. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to be January. And then we get into the sad months where nothing happens. So we really got to go all out for the Grammys. It's not like TV and movie award season. (laughs) Yeah, but it's all like like dark and like outside, you know, nothing really significant happens. Like maybe Valentine's Day is cool, but yeah, I think like. We had the AMAs. I have the Grammys. Yeah, there's nothing really. We had the MTV Awards. Yeah, it's award season for music is scaling down. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, well, we have the Grammy. We'll go with the bag. It'll be great. We are here to talk about 
Taylor Swift's re-released version of Red. It's called Red Taylor's version. And of course, I have two of my favorite Swifties back with me on the podcast, Jacqueline and Elena Kendrick. You guys have been on before talking about, I think about the same topic, right? So we always seem to circle back to Taylor Swift. Why is that? Like, why do we always talk about her? She's our favorite. She's my favorite topic. And we're basically veterans of the podcast now. So we had to come back to <laughs> discuss Taylor's version of Red. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And um, this is all part of her process that she's been doing for a while with re-releasing albums and re-recording them to get her masters. And in the interview that I was watching earlier with her on the late night show with Seth Meyers, she was talking about how like the whole process of re-recording all these songs is going back and like digging up these songs that she had written that didn't make it onto her previous versions of the album. So what does that mean? Like, what do you guys think that means for you as like the fans of Taylor that have been with her since the beginning for her to like finally be putting out these songs that she loves so much that she had to leave behind? I think it's really exciting. I think she said in an interview that like a lot of her vault, she calls them like her vault songs. Like they all have very different sounds and they kind of all sound like a different array of like different genres. And so I think it's cool to see like how she was kind of like experimenting back then. And now she's kind of like found her way and yeah, they're just really great songs. And it's cool to see like what, because like a lot of the storylines and lyrics in those songs relate to like the songs that were originally on the album. So it's cool to like make those connections and just like hear more about like what she was experiencing that time. I think it's also so cool because we're getting the full picture now as fans because Red is known as a heartbreak album and like you can really see what Taylor was going through at that period of time in her life and like now that we have the vault songs it feels like that full body of work is so cohesive and we get the full picture now. For example there's you know the All Too Well which is you know a song that was on the original version of Red and there's I believe the moment that I forget what it's called, Elena. The Moment I Knew, is that what it's called? That was, I think, on the original version, but on, like, the deluxe version. But now we just have so much more insight to the context of what was going on in Taylor's life at that point in time. And it just feels so whole because I think sometimes you have to cut so many songs for an album and, you know, artists write so many songs for what they're going through that period of time. And it sometimes feels a little bit incomplete. And I don't know, as a fan of Taylor, I feel like I finally got, like, closure to that error because there's so much more to it that we didn't get that first time around right and I think too when I first listened to all the songs that are from the vault I was immediately like these could be their own album like this is very much its own work in itself just these nine tracks yeah for sure it was yeah it's incredible how like Taylor's known for kind of like outdoing herself like as fans we were excited because we knew we were going to get more songs we knew that there was going to be a 10 minute version of all too well but then she comes in and she's like bam here's a short film too and here's another music video and it's just like oh my god I'm overwhelmed it's amazing but like (laughs) oh my goodness do you ever sleep (laughs) oh my god yeah (laughs) she definitely she gives her all and she's always like outdoing herself you can see that too with all the numbers and all the records that she's breaking like she's shattering all of her own records for like streaming platforms and like debuts and all this stuff it's just it's just insane like she yeah she gives it her all and Jacqueline like on that point too with we're talking about all too well and the short film that she put out this was her first time directing a short film she said and what do you think like it meant for you guys as fans to have an actual short film associated with this song because like we said actually we'll mention like this was the original song that she had written before she first released Red and she had to trim it down. 
So now it's like we're getting the full picture, like you mentioned. Yeah. It feels so personal as a fan to kind of get the short film with it now, because not only is it the original lyrics, but it tells the story so vividly that I've like seen in my own mind for so many years and I've listened to the song and it's just so nice to now have that visual element to it. And I think the amazing thing about All Too Well is that, you know, when she had put it on the original Red album, so many fans fell in love with it. It wasn't considered a single worthy song, but the fans took a lot of ownership over it. And they were like, we love this body of work that you put out. And like, we're the ones who kind of blew it to what it was and then this feels like Taylor kind of giving back to us in some way and acknowledging that all these years she's seen us she's heard us and hey listen I have this extended version and now you're also going to get a short film with it I think as a director debut she did a wonderful job with incorporating what fans love about the story of All Too Well between just the choices of the actors and just like the scenery that she used and just the, her storytelling abilities and how she ends up putting that twist at the end and she's in the music video or sorry not music video short film um, I don't know it just had so many really cool elements to it and I was very satisfied and just felt like it was such a such a really cool thing that she did that I've been watching multiple times so <laughs> yeah I agree it's always been my favorite song of hers period like she has a billion different albums that all sound completely different and it's always been my favorite song and that's like before it even like blew up and like it became the fan favorite she participates a lot in the work that she does so like she's directed music videos before so I feel like that probably helped her come up with like the concept and the ideas for the short film but I feel like just that kind of work of art itself is very different than a typical you know music video obviously it's 10 minutes long and like there's that big break in between where they have like the argument and the acting going on so I feel like it's cool that she's kind of like at her age and at her like like her time like she's been obviously an artist for so long that she's now like comfortable experimenting with like that kind of side of the industry. So I think it's really exciting for her and I'm sure she's gonna do more with that and maybe a million other things that we would never guess. So I'm really excited to see. Yeah, that's true. And I, I love the, like... I would say, I love the approach too with the other music video, even though she didn't direct it, like Lively directed that. I bet you think about me music video. And even that, like, I probably would have to watch it a couple more times to really kind of break down what she was trying to portray, but I'll definitely ask you guys about this in a second. But it was very, it was another one of those really expressive like bodies of work that you could tell took a lot of thought and took a lot of representation from the album to really like show, you know what I mean? No, I agree. I feel like there's been, especially like within the last few months, there's been so many like great albums that have come out. Like Ed Sheeran's album came out, Adele's album came out, which like, was such a great thing because she hadn't put out an album in so long and then Taylor giving everyone this album obviously there's like just so much out there to listen to right now but I always find myself going back to this album because it just feels so nostalgic and also the benefit of having all these new songs that I'd never heard before so when she put out that music video for that song I was really excited and I think Blake Lively did an amazing job and really was able to kind of like capture Taylor's vibe I guess but put her own kind of twist on it and I feel like they kind of worked together in a lot of ways to come up with like the idea and the story for that. I really like the line too in that song where she I think I wrote it down I don't know if it's exactly the same 
where she said the love that you're looking for was the love that you had like that line just really stuck with me in terms of like the whole message with the music video too and like her being at this wedding that she's essentially sabotaging for this person that like you assume she once had a relationship with it's a very straightforward piece of music I would say yeah. she's being very very direct yeah. and honest in it yeah and there's so many it's like so open to interpretation in terms mm-hmm. of like what she was trying to get across here a lot of people have like a bunch of different theories about what she's talking about like some people think it's obviously about Jake Gyllenhaal again a lot of people think it's it could be like about Kim and Kanye because she mentions in the song like even though it sounds like she's talking about like a relationship she mentions like the million dollar couch which like was all over like social media that they had like a million dollar couch and obviously she had that beef with them and like she said like you hate that like I wrote songs about you and we know she's like written songs about Kanye before so right I don't know what it could be or they think it could be about Scooter Braun and the other Mm. man that stole her music but I feel like it couldn't have been if she wrote it all the way back then because that hadn't happened yet yeah so you know it's just a lot of different ideas who knows that's the thing I love about Taylor's music especially with the song like I bet you think about me because it's a fun song like it's upbeat it's like the music video even made it more like vivid in my mind when I hear it but the lyrics are still so good and like so just poignant I guess and I don't know that's something I love about her music even when there are a lot of like upbeat tracks is that still just hits so home (laughs) and I feel like the thing that kind of bothers me like on social media when I hear people talking about the album or like Taylor haters all they say is like oh why is she singing about these relationships 10 years later like she needs to get over it like why does she just like only write about ex-boyfriends and only can hold relationships for like months at a time and it's like people have to remember that this is what she wrote during that time and Mm -hmm. also like she I feel like people take her lyrics because they're so direct and because she doesn't really care like she's it's like her art she doesn't care what message really like she's putting out she just wants to be honest and truthful and I feel like that intimidates a lot of people and makes people mad and like it could even be seen like I think people kind of can see it as her being like sassy and like hateful towards like men and I'm like that's not what's happening at all if you actually listen to her lyrics and like listen to her message and know who she is as a person like you would have a completely different picture of her. So yeah, that's me defending Taylor. <laughs> I was going to say, that was a good tangent that you just went on. <laughs> well, I was just reading it like recently, I think like today or yesterday, and I saw all okay. these comments and I was like, what are people talking about? Like, it's obviously people who don't actually listen to her like songs or only listen to her like popular songs on the radio and not like mm-hmm. her other music or stuff that she does so it's always the people that don't know as much about the subject that make the biggest critiques you know what I mean like it's just people make assumptions about her and her music and like I think I've been guilty of that too but I agree like you have to know the artist and you have to know the craft to like fairly judge what they're doing right and that's like a lot of people who defend Taylor people get upset saying like she only writes about relationships and ex-boyfriends and stuff but it's like that's kind of any artist, like any man is who's writing love songs or writing about like heartbreak or whatever, and no one says anything to them about it. So it's it kind of proves her point that like a lot of times there's that double standard. So another song too that I really want to mention because this was kind of a big deal because she does collab with a lot of people on these tracks from the vault too. Her song Nothing New with Phoebe Bridgers, 
that was a huge deal that she had Phoebe Bridgers as a feature. One, because Phoebe Bridgers is just one of those artists that's very like up and coming and she's like really getting a lot of buzz. And two, something else that my roommate pointed out was like Phoebe Bridgers had like a full ass verse on this song. Like she literally like essentially sang this song along with Taylor, which was also something that Taylor said in her interview with Seth Meyers that she was like, saying she's a fan of Phoebe and like she literally said and I wrote it down because I love this quote she was like if she sings it I will listen to it like that was what she thought of Phoebe's voice and her music in general what did you guys think of that song because I want to see if you're thinking the same thing that I picked up on well I literally have it from Taylor what she said the song represents but what did you guys think of that song I'm glad you brought this up because this is literally, I think, my favorite Vault song. And before this album, completely unaware of who Phoebe Bridgers was. So I love that Taylor just introduced me to a new artist. But I think this song really captures that bittersweet uncertainty of your early 20s and just feeling like, oh, my goodness, where am I heading? What am I doing? Those late night anxious thoughts that you have. And she does it in such a way that like, she basically pulled the words right out of my mouth that I couldn't really find how to frame them myself, which is really incredible. Because I feel like oftentimes when you're young, especially around like the age of 18, you feel like, oh my goodness, I have my whole life ahead of me. I have all these things I want to accomplish. And then you get to like age 22 and you're like, holy crap, I'm an adult now. And like, how do I navigate this? And there's just so many lines in that song that I'm like, yup preach like that's exactly I remember feeling that exact emotion and it also kind of more broadly defines or dives into how society kind of treats women and aging especially in the music industry which is Taylor's lived experience and how she's really just candidly putting out there of like oh my goodness am I gonna wake up one day and like be forgotten about and like those really deep fears that some artists have especially female artists have once they've kind of aged out of their era of novelty I guess you can say mm-hmm. um, so I feel like this song it, it and it just gives it a whole new light that she wrote this when she was 22 and like it feels so personal like I feel like I just read a chapter of a diary that she wrote <laughs> and it's just the lyrics are beautiful and just like the melody is really beautiful as well so I think it's one of my honestly one of my all-time favorites I think yeah I also did not know who Phoebe Bridgers was before I heard this album so yeah, it's cool to hear more about or learn more about her music. But also, like when I first listened to the Vault songs, it definitely wasn't one of the songs that like stuck out to me at first because it's kind of like a slower song. And like, I don't know, just you kind of can get a bunch of different perspectives about like what she is talking about in it. But yeah, I think she did mention that, like Jacqueline said, like the song is basically about her realizing that like she says like, oh, how did I know everything at 18, but nothing at 22? Mm-hmm. So it's like, when you're younger, you feel like you know everything. And then you get to a certain point where you're like, wait, I actually didn't know anything. And I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I saw like a clip somewhere of like an interview she did when she was like first becoming very popular. And something she said was like, she doesn't want to be putting out music if people aren't going to listen to it. So I think the question was like, where do you see yourself in like 10 or 15 years, which is crazy because it's been 10 years. And she was like, well, hopefully making music, but like, we'll see because basically what Jahan said, a lot of times that kind of fame dies down and like, you don't hit those numbers that you used to hit anymore. And she's like, I don't want to be that like artist that continues to put out music if people aren't a fan of me or like no one wants to hear it. And I feel like it's kind of like funny that she 
said that yeah. in an interview because she's like doing the complete opposite like people just want to keep hearing more and more from her yeah. so it's just like and I feel like she kind of addressed this a bit in the Miss Americana documentary or she was like especially for a woman you have to constantly be reinventing yourself and keeping yourself shiny and new enough but not new, too new that people aren't still a fan of you and how it's just so intricate and complicated for a lot of women in the music industry mm-hmm. um and so I don't know I think this song just really like situates itself well for so many young females and I think everyone can relate to it in some way like losing mm-hmm. your youth is a very scary thing I and mean, it's something that everyone it's a universal kind of experience as well and it's interesting because like elena was saying a little bit earlier on is so many people who criticize taylor always like you only write about love songs like no here's an example like this is a really deep human experience and emotion that people have and like maybe you won't be a huge fan of the song but like i'm sure you can relate to what she's talking about (laughs) yeah yeah and it's funny you guys kind of hit the nail on the head where we're talking about the significance of nothing new. Taylor had said in the interview that I watched that when she wrote the song originally, it was kind of like describing that point of her being past her breakthrough moment as an artist, where it's like, you know, you walk in the room and everyone's like, oh, hey, like you've done this before. You're big. We get it. Like you are who you are. Like you're Taylor Swift. It's not like the big reaction that she would have gotten from like earlier releases when she was like really up and coming, like fearless or speak now. Like, Red was a huge defining album for her and a very like coming of age album, you could say. So it's interesting, like hearing her still talk about these concepts, like you both mentioned of like womanhood and being comfortable in your own skin and growing up and being comfortable, like with, you know, aging and things of that sort. So yeah, like I really, really liked that track for that reason. Something I wanted to bring up too and ask you guys, how do you think like these new songs fit into the whole aesthetic of red because this was an album where like she really experimented and she's even said herself like there's so many different genres on this original album and the new one as well so how do you think like these new songs really fit into the rest of them because even these ones kind of take on all different forms yeah I feel like it's very red like just because you can't really define it in one way like you can't be like oh that's Taylor doing country again this is her doing a pop song like it's just so varied I guess I, I love the song, um, I think it's called The Very First Night. That's one of my new favorite songs off of the vault tracks. And it has very like an upbeat kind of almost like 1989 feel to it. It like feels like this was her leading into that transition. I feel like to me, it, it feels still cohesive, even though there is so many different types of genre, I guess you can say on the album, um, just because Red is kind of an album where it's not defined. It's anything you want it to be, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I agree. I feel like Red is kind of like a transitional album in a way because her previous albums before, like Fearless, her original TS album, and like Speak Now were more kind of like country, like leading into pop. And then on Red, she does have like a little bit of country. Though like a lot of them might be like more poppy songs. They all have like, we said like, some are like more upbeat, some are slow songs, some are happy, some are sad. So it's just like, I feel like your emotions go all over the place when you're listening to the album. Whereas like, I feel like albums I listen to from other artists today, it's like either all a breakup sad album or it's all like a pump up fun album or like an album you listen to when you go out with your friends. So I feel like giving her 
fans like that variety like I personally like that because it's like you kind of get a little bit of everything and I yeah so I feel like it helped her kind of evolved and and then figure out what she wants to do for like future albums well thank you guys Jacqueline Elena again for coming on and doing this I love having you guys on the podcast you might have to take a veer from Taylor Swift at some point but obviously anytime Taylor Swift <laughs> is in is in the news you guys are one of the first people that offers so I appreciate you guys coming on Aww, of course you're yeah. welcome happy to be here I walked to the door with you the air was cold but something about it felt like home somehow and I left my scarf there at your sister's house and you've still got it in your drawer even now. And that's the rotated review. Want to join me for the next review? Send in your suggestions to the onrotation podcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Make sure you hit that follow button while you're at it. To read this review fully, see my blog, or listen to past episodes, log on to onrotationpodcast.wordpress.com. And now it's time to take a look at what pops this week in news. Barbados has named Rihanna as the country's latest national hero. This comes after Barbados officially removed ties from Queen Elizabeth to become the world's newest republic. According to a statement from the Barbados Government Information Office, the position gives Rihanna, quote, specific responsibility for promoting education, tourism, and investment for the island. A public memorial will be held in Memphis to celebrate the life of rapper Young Dolph, who was fatally shot last month. The ceremony will be held on December 16th at the FedEx Forum. This announcement comes as the city of Memphis recently said that they will rename a street after the late rapper. And Forbes has put out their prestigious 30 under 30 lists for 2022. Those named in the music section include Olivia Rodrigo, The Kid Leroy, Jack Harlow, Chelsea Cutler, Willow Smith, and more. Judges for the list included Miley Cyrus, Justin Loveliner, Taylor Parks, and Phil Quist. That's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to tune in next time when we rotate through a whole new slew of topics. In the meantime, keep it real, y'all. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.